Longtime baseball great Alex Rodriguez back under the microscope. This time for allegedly ratting out fellow MLB stars. We're going to get into how much the three-time MVP spent each month on his steroid stack. And the answer might make you cringe. But guys, fear not. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome on into Outkick the Morning. I am your host, Charlie Arnold. Now, when you hear the name Alex Rodriguez, your mind likely travels to one of two places, Major League Baseball legend or Jennifer Lopez's ex-fiance. But according to documents obtained by ESPN, his reputation may forever be tarnished for now being considered a narc. A-Rod allegedly sold out the names of multiple major league ball players to the FBI over steroid use and also PEDs. And if you didn't already know, A-Rod himself once a notorious juice head, though he did deny taking them until he met with federal agents in 2014 after being slapped with a 211-game suspension by the league. The documents say it was in that meeting that the Yankee third baseman threw several of his friends, guys he had played with before, under the bus, including Manny Ramirez, Ryan Braun, and, quote, one other all-star player. The story also reports the three-time MVP paid upwards of $12,000 per month per stack from Biogenesis founder Anthony Bosch. Now, these substances included all types of things, dope-filled testosterone creams, red gummy-like lozenges riddled with testosterone, also human growth hormones. Now, could you imagine, just think about it, the on-field fight that would have ensued if Manny Ramirez caught wind of A-Rod's loose lips. The Red Sox-Yankees Sox rivalry already red hot. And the former third baseman, we all know, has a long history of throwing haymakers at Fenway Park. So this bombshell, it also alleges Rodriguez ratted in exchange for immunity from any type of prosecution from his own wrongdoing. At the end of the day, the feds took such info to arrest multiple figures in the underground world of baseball. Although, interestingly though enough, no MLB players were arrested as a result. It's a little bit strange, huh? Now, A-Rod currently prides himself on being a business mogul while embracing a dynamic baseball mindset. But at the end of the day, if this is all true, A-Rod will forever be known as a rat. Now, moving on to Vivek Lake Cake Ramaswamy. He is the youngest candidate in the GOP field by 13 years, and he's already proven that he is looking to break the status quo of what it means to be a politician. And that includes taking a meeting with one of the biggest influencers among millennials and also Gen Z, Jake Paul. Now, as a result, Vivek is taking his campaign to a place many Republicans are working hard to shut down completely. He tweeted out this, quote, had dinner with Jake Paul on Sunday. He changed my mind and convinced me to join TikTok. Yes, kids under 18 shouldn't be using it, but the fact is many young voters are, and we're not going to change this country without winning. Now, as we already know, Democrats are already using Gen Z's favorite platform 24-7 to push their own propaganda. So it's about time conservatives get more into the mix. Now, Vivek already being active on TikTok. He had a debut on the platform with none other than, check this out, Jake Paul. Am I doing it right? Is it sick, guys? <laughs> very interesting. Uh, it's a very easy dance, though. That's the good news, because I feel like some people jump into TikTok 
with a little like too much zest or uh, maybe not understanding what it entails. This is easy. He's, he's got it down. But I would warn Vivek, Jake Paul was the last person to shake Aaron Rodgers' hand, offers him, offers him, offer him some advice before he took the field at MetLife Stadium this past weekend. And we all know what happened to Aaron Rodgers. So Vivek, be very careful. Uh, we do not want the curse of Jake Paul, if that does indeed exist, to be pushed onto you because, listen, we all really like you. Uh, now moving on to the newly crowned UFC middleweight champion, Sean Strickland. He is unloading on Andrew Tate, calling him a piece of shit during an interview with the boys of the Full Send podcast, slamming him as a con artist, woman hater, and says he doesn't know the first thing about being a man. Listen to this. As young men, I can see why you guys look up to him because you are moralist men. You have no values. You have no positive male role models. So you latch onto a piece like Tate, who has money, who has women, you say, no, I want to be like Tate. All my problems in the world, they're because, they're because women are me. They're because this is me. No, that's, that's, that's not it. You guys, if you want to look up to a guy, look up to a guy like Jordan Peterson. He, he understands masculinity, honesty, how to be a man. But I'm telling you, Andrew Tate, he's not your messiah. Andrew Tate found a con, and he's running with it, and he's making a lot of money. And don't, don't be like him. Don't, don't, don't want to drive a Gotti and like don't Andrew Tate you guys there's so many better male role models to have and he is a definition of trash I have to say I love this version of Sean Strickland he's always been outspoken uh I actually have a few interviews with him from UFC that we couldn't even air because they were so ridiculous but I love that he's super outspoken and honestly I say this is a very based response from Strickland considering the fact that it boils down to Tate not having remorse for scamming other men with his webcam business Though I have to imagine, knowing Andrew Tate, uh, and that he will not stand for someone trashing his name, uh, that he's probably going to come up with a rebuttal soon enough. Tate also, as we know, is a former kickboxing champion. So let the men be men. Let them settle this on the mats. Let's take it off X, formerly known as Twitter. Let's take it off the podcast. Let's take it into the ring or the octagon. Okay, now from one outspoken guy to another, Dave Portnoy rarely has any takes that do not go viral. The man pretty much only spits facts. And now his spotlight just got even brighter as the founder of Barstool is now back in charge. So I had the chance to catch up with him yesterday to see how life is treating Dave since he was able to buy back Barstool. Okay, so I'm here with Dave Portnoy, once again, the owner of Barstool Sports. Probably, I would say, one of the most legendary business deals of all time. And I have to ask you, Dave, did you ever imagine that you would sell your company for hundreds of millions of dollars and then less than a year later, buy it back for one buck? No, months later. No, I, that, that wasn't on my bingo card. That, I didn't think that was happening. I didn't think I'd sell it. I didn't start it to sell it. I didn't think I'd make you know, a million bucks period doing it. Uh, and I did not think I would eventually buy it back for a dollar. No, 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 no. Like just to, to sum it up, how does it feel being back in the saddle? You know, it's under your watch again. Uh, you can really make it your vision. I know you lost that for a little bit of time. How's it feel to really be back in that position? So the more I'm involved, like the angrier I get, that's always been the case because, you know, I, I have morons that I got to like <laughs> keep my eye on. It's a circus over here. So I'm just right back in the flow of getting agitated a lot. But that's my personality. So it's uh, it's like we're back in our Milton offices. 
Yeah, it's 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 one of your trademarks. It's, it's why people love Dave Portnoy. And speaking of being irritated, uh, maybe talking about some morons, uh, you have already made it clear there's going to be some layoffs, uh, quite a few of them at Barstool. And I also know that you hate to fire people. So both of these things combined, they don't really mesh well together. How are you managing? So we we already, we went through all the layoffs. We laid off about 100 people. Uh, and it does suck, obviously. Nobody wants to fire anybody. The only thing that I had, I don't want to say that worked in my favor, is I was a little bit out of the loop. So a lot of the people who we unfortunately had to let go, I didn't know personally. Letting somebody go who, like, you have a relationship with is a lot harder than somebody that you're not quite sure who the person is. Um, it, it it still sucks, but it does make it a little bit different um, than like somebody that I've known for years. So what do you say? How do you confront someone and say, listen, I think you're fantastic. I hate to do this, but we've got to let you go. Do you have a strategy or like a mindset you put yourself into heading into it? No, there is no strategy for it. Uh, Erica Nardini, our CEO, a lot of the people that we let go were on the business side. I was kind of the content. Content, for the most part, stayed intact. But there's never a good way to let somebody go. Nobody ever wants to fire or let somebody go. However, our business goals changed like overnight. Uh, we went from being owned by a public company and it was grow, grow, grow. And we, everything finance, all our finances had to go through a process to me owning it again, um, where the bottom line mattered, I guess, a lot more. So any company that gets a different owner overnight, things are going to change. So I, I mean, if Penn still owned it, we probably don't do the layoffs. But for where we're going now and what our future in, entails, it had to be done. I think a lot of people got it. It's like we were losing a decent amount of money. Uh, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, and on the content side, we did just get news this week that the Mean Girls pod is no longer. Any big reactions to that layoff? Or I, I know it was actually more rather a uh, their contracts were up. But, you know, in all the same, you know, there was some stuff that also went on that rubbed you a little bit the wrong way. Any Any big reactions there? No, there. I don't know if you reactions like from people. No. Um, to me, they, they like you said, it was more of, are we going to renew them? And I don't know even that they wanted to renew. Um, but I don't think it, by the end of it, it wasn't working for either side. So it, it it wasn't a huge reaction. That to me is a more internal Barcel drama. Okay, so something about you, and you made it known at the beginning of the interview, and it's, it's something we all know about you. It's, it's what makes you you, is you are going to speak your mind no matter the situation. Is this always how you've been? Like, even as a, as a kid, were you always super outspoken? Yes. I'm kind of like a prickly guy. Always have. Been. So even with my friends, people I don't like, I have very thick skin. Don't really care what people think about me. Very straightforward, blunt, honest. That's kind of always been my personality. Short, very like East Coast, whether you want to say Boston, Philly, like that type of vibe, that type of personality. Uh, well, there's definitely a vibe as it pertains to the the Boston and the Philly crowd. So, yes, totally makes sense. Uh, I know that you have a strong opinion on this. I'd love to hear you uh, tell our OutKick audience how you are feeling about the idea. You are a diehard Swifty. We know that. Yes. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, apparently a new item. Yeah, we don't know that that's proof yet. It's certainly there's a lot of smoke there. He was wearing... Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, John Mayer t-shirt on his podcast like two weeks ago, which is a very oh. odd choice of a t-shirt to be wearing if you're dating Taylor Swift. So I don't know what that's about. Um, 
But she hasn't denied it as far as I know. So I, she don't, they, to me, they don't seem like a natural fit. But, you know, if mother wants to have her fun, let her have her fun. I totally agree. That's exactly what I said on the show. I do not see it happening. I mean, just what from what I know about who they are as people and like the types of people that they have gone for in the past does not make sense to me. But maybe, just a speculation, maybe he and Taylor have already been in touch and that was kind of a little bit of a nudge to her like I know about your past I'm your main guy right now don't even think about it I don't know the John Mayer thing yeah so that I ran that by our resident Taylor Swift expert Kelly Keegs and she made it very clear that like Taylor would not stand for that and Taylor would definitely <laughs> like be ultimate because she already won like they're redoing the concert she's like don't go after John Mayer for dear John she I don't think she'd want that him to do that so that's according to kelly keegs so yeah i don't know it's a mystery all right well we're we're gonna be waiting for more details to emerge on this front but uh last year dave you compiled a list of your enemies uh as it stood of march of 2022 it was business insider henry blodgett reporter julia black the fort lauderdale st patty's day parade and roger goodell so here we are a year and a half later any changes or additions they're, to that list? they're still i mean there was a lot of people on that list um, they're all still on that list. Uh, I have that dragon pizza guy in Somerville. He made the list. Um, hey, Wang, that Chinese food place, they made the list. Uh, there's a bunch of people. All the people are still on it, but there's some new ads. What did Pei Wang do to you? I was very hungry and waited in line at an airport for like 45 minutes and the food was inedible. I couldn't eat it. I I mean, isn't that kind of expected though airport like probably like late night you know they're going through the, just the reserves at that point i, uh, I never expected yeah, much but i mean you bad chinese food is really bad and it 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 angered me to no level so they i don't know they ended up on the list uh i was actually going to ask you about charlie red because as a charlie myself i i take offense to him doing damage to our good name uh, looking back on that interaction, it seems like you really don't care. I mean, it, it seems like you wouldn't have gone about things any differently, but you know, what does it, what does it say to you when there's these business owners who don't understand your vision of what you have for these places? I mean, you're giving them publicity at the end of the day, even if you're not giving them the best review on the board, you're still putting their name out there on a platform that allows millions of people to realize their business when otherwise they probably would have just remained, you know, a smaller business. Yeah, he's a moron. Uh, it had nothing to do with how I was ranking the pizza. And he said that. He said, well, he said a million things like he doesn't want publicity. He keeps talking about it. But he he has he just hated me. He didn't really know who I was. I'm sure it's the way his politics are, because if you go look at his feed, it's what I'd expect. It, it's extreme, extreme left. And those are the types of people who generally hate me before they meet me. But he said he wanted to yell at me before I even stepped in the store. So it had nothing to do with the review. And he's a clown show. He is one of the worst people. He, he's everything that is wrong with this country. And that's not exaggerating. But he's made up his mind before he meets somebody, um, picks a fight, and then, you know, the rest is history. But for me, it's good. It was the most viral thing we've had in a long time. Yeah. And have you had any other pizza owners and from places you covered in the past reach out to you and say, wow, we can't believe this guy. Like, look at look at the great, the great things that you've done for our business because of the one by pizza review. Yeah, we I mean, that's the thing that's crazy. It, it, it There's a lot of things that people could cherry pick that people have said about me that be like, oh, he's a bad guy, this and that. 
Pizza and small business is not one of them. That pretty uniformly across the board. People are like Dave, very good for pizza. He's very good for small business. It's how we're doing this pizza fest. Like we get places that would never do it, but it's like we like what, like I did an interview with Lucali, which is one of the most famous pizza places there is. And they're asking Mark, the owner, it's like, why did you agree? We don't see Lucali doing this type of thing. Like Dave has done so much good for the pizza industry. This guy didn't care. This guy had no answers. He was just a clown. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm going to get to the pizza fest in just one second. I just, I'm just curious, how did you get so into pizza? Was it just something, you know, as a East Coaster, you felt like you needed to insert your voice into the, the ongoing, never-ending discussion of what pizza is the best, or was there something else behind it? Yeah, so we talk about anything at Barstool, and probably like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, myself and Big Cat Dan Katz, who's one of our top guys, we did a debate, if you could eat one food the rest of your life, what would it be? He said tacos. I said pizza. And then we're like, let's just do it. He said tacos because of burritos, because like breakfast burritos. So he was just eating burritos. I just started eating pizza for like a month. That's it. And people were asking, well, what do you think of it? And that's where I coined like, all right, I'll take one bite and score it. It just kind of clicked. I could tell it resonated with people. And that's where it was born from. Okay. So now let's talk about your pizza festival. It is called the One Bite Pizza Festival, very appropriate. Uh, it's taking place yep. September 23rd in New York City. Uh, how do you prepare for such an event? I mean, so many different options at your disposal in one afternoon. Are you going to have to just forego pizza for the next couple of weeks to really prepare yourself? Well, I'm a trained professional. I don't know about the people going to it. I eat so much pizza, I'm probably better prepared. But I do think that will be a challenge for people going because we have so many great places um, like I, people have asked how this came about and I, it was always suggested, Hey, you should do pizza fest. I wouldn't do it because I thought it'd be impossible to get all the best places because of the ovens and everything. So this event has the best of the best. Like if you go through my scores and you know, my scoring scale, I'm very hard. Like there's very few nines, eights. These are all the guys who scored big. So going there, the people, they're going to have to pace themselves because it's so hard to eat. You're going to want to try like all the places. And we have, I don't know, 30, 35 spots there. It's a ton of pizza. Um, and you'll never get them together like this again. No, well, I hope everyone clears out their week afterwards because it's going to be a lot of gym time, I'd imagine, if you really want to take advantage of the, yeah, the best of the best. Mixing some sit-ups. Well, it's at yeah, a base. There you go. can run laps in between if you want. Maybe you should throw in like an additional fitness component, like the people that are just like really growing out, like go have some pizza, then you go run a lap. Like, let's do it. Should have had a, now that you're saying it, like a fitness booth, like, a, you know, LA Works or whatever they call it, to like sell memberships. That would, they probably clean up at the end of it. Still time, September 23rd. It's still a couple of weeks away. I think, uh, I don't know. I think, I think maybe that's a, a good little uh, extra thing to throw in there. I mean, unless you just want people to enjoy themselves and eat the pizza. I mean, that's also acceptable. That will be what most people do. We got I, another thing I did is make sure like the big scoreboard, we got 10 TVs, all college football. So it'll be a great day. Incredible. Well, I will definitely be there. I live here in New York. So uh, I definitely would not pass up the opportunity to try the best of the best pizzas as deemed by none other than Dave Portnoy. I'm so I'm so uh, appreciative to have had some time with you. And uh, thank you so much. See you. I'll see you then next Saturday. All right. Sounds good. A one bite pizza festival. It sounds amazing. It sounds like my dream come true. Uh, I already have some of my favorite pizza places in New York, but I 
like to keep an open mind. So I am down to try some new ones. And I keep I kept saying it's a few weeks away. It's actually next weekend. Uh, time doesn't exist anymore for me because I am just all over the place. But it's next weekend, next Saturday, September 23rd, here in New York City. If you are a pizza lover, I would definitely encourage you to check out the One Bite Pizza Festival. And again, another big thanks to Dave Portnoy for coming on OutKick the morning. Okay, now from one outspoken man to someone that I would call completely different, we have transgender Dylan Mulvaney, who just won't seem to go away. Why, why should she? Companies keep giving her the spotlight to take part in collaborations and advertisements. We've got Bud Light, we've got Nike, we've got Maybelline, just to name a few of those. And now uh, it was reported that she has a net worth of roughly one and a half million dollars. Think about that. Dylan Mulvaney is doing better than most of us right now for really doing absolutely nothing. Uh, but now listen to this. Dylan Mulvaney can now add New York Fashion Week runway model to her resume, and that's an accomplishment that some of the most talented models in the world will never get. It's yet another example of a biological man potentially stealing a spot from a real woman. So New York Fashion Week is pretty much, if you know anything about it, it's like the Super Bowl of fashion. And speaking of, despite the Bud Light debacle, Dylan is now saying that her goal is to star in a beer commercial during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Here's what she said, quote, maybe it'd be epic if in like 10 years I got to do a beer commercial for a Super Bowl. But I think that some trans elders probably looked at me this last year and were like, you have so far to go. This was a good wake up call for me. Now I'm a little more realistic. A little more realistic. Uh, there's nothing real about Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, she acts like a woman and she dresses like a woman, but we all know the truth. Uh, and as a woman, it's a huge insult that companies keep giving her the spotlight when there are plenty of amazing, talented women out there who could do as equally as good of a job, if not a better job, because many of the roles that she has been taking on are meant for real women. So uh, that's where I stand there. But the inclusion movement, as we know, it's outrageous and just when you think it couldn't get any dumber dove makes the strange and bizarre decision to partner with obese activist zyana bryant who is infamous for ruining the reputation of university of virginia student morgan bettinger back in 2020 when bryant alleged that she heard bettinger threaten black lives matter protesters but after the damage was done she ran it back saying maybe she misheard the remarks Point is, she is the exact type of person you do not want your brand associated with. Someone who makes false claims of racism, and it goes really past her personality. She is advocating for a fat liberation. Listen to what she said. My belief is that we should be centering the voices and experiences of the most marginalized people and communities at all times. So when I think about what fat liberation looks like to me, it looks like centering the voices and the experiences of those who live in and who maneuver through spaces and institutions in a fat body. It looks like making accessible spaces and having conversations that are aware of the fact that people have different bodies and that they are interacting with space and people and institutions and communities in a different way. Fat liberation looks like fully embracing those differences and having those conversations instead of shying away from them. Why would we be promoting obesity? That makes absolutely no sense. And why are there companies that are promoting such dangerous lifestyles? 
We know that in the U.S. alone, obesity is associated with nearly 2.8 million deaths per year. That includes playing a role in diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and even some types of cancer. So might be time to consider ditching Dove for a brand that actually cares about your health and not just one more cog in the body positivity machine, which it is at this point. Uh, now on to another problem that we just can't seem to get rid of, and that would be the concept of theft. And it's why, unfortunately, especially in big cities around the country, we just cannot have nice things anymore. McDonald's is slowly saying goodbye to self-serve soda stations across the country to reduce theft. The entire rollout, it's not going to be complete until about 2032, but you can expect it to happen quicker in locations where theft, as we know, is more quickly on the rise. So we're talking places like New York, Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, LA. Uh, and it really saddens me because as much as you will hear me talk about diets, that make more sense, foods that make more sense, not putting chemicals into your body, not putting preservatives into your body. Unfortunately, I have an addiction and that addiction is McDonald's. It's unfortunately been instilled in me since a very young age. I, I try to keep it at a minimum, but I love my McDonald's. So as a loyal McDonald's customer, this actually saddens me because one of my favorite lively livelihoods my favorite pastimes as a, as a kid was when you would go to the drink machine and you remember there was all the different things you could push in for the different types of sodas and you would do one two three four five six seven eight you would put all of the different varieties of soda into your cup at once and it was called a suicide drink and sometimes it tasted awful i mean if you put too much of the orange crush in there it would inevitably taste terrible uh but if you got the right amounts of each usually pretty good. And now I even have a hack where I will do mostly Coke Zero and then just a splash of root beer on the top because then the whole thing tastes like root beer but without all the calories. Anyways, point is, this is just sad. Uh, this is just one more thing that theft around the country is affecting. The fact that police can't do their jobs around the country. And now we are seeing the demise of one of our favorite things at the Golden Arches. So it's very sad. Anyways, guys, I don't really want to end on a on a negative note, so I, I'm just going to throw one more positive into the universe. Andrew Luck, former great for the Indianapolis Colts, he is now coaching football at a local high school just about a half mile from where he grew up in Palo Alto. So this is pretty cool, assistant football coach. I'm happy to see it. it made me smile when I saw this on Twitter yesterday. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Andrew Luck, back in the game. Not the real game where we would love to see him, but at least, you know, he's back doing something in the world of football. But on that note now, we went from a, a negative with McDonald's. Uh, we had a few negatives, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, the fat liberation, and also McDonald's. But Andrew Luck, a good note to end on. And guys, thank you so much for being here with me. We always love having you wake up with us here on Outkick the Morning. And if you would do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. Also, go ahead and hit like, leave a comment, something you really enjoyed about today's show or maybe something that you would like to see on a future episode. And you know where to find me. I'm at Charlie on TV across all the social platforms. So for now, that's going to do it. It is Friday. Enjoy your weekends and we'll see you again bright and early on Monday morning.